Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. This will be coming out on Thursday, the 19th of October, 2023, episode 512. And today, we're going to be short, sweet, and talk about unforced errors. And yes, I am directly speaking about my beloved Republican Party. We just can't seem to help ourselves. And in fairness... When I do this episode, I run the risk of making my own unforced errors, so it shall be interesting to see how this plays out and what, if any, feedback or blowback I get. (laughs) But you know what? I got to be me. I'm going to be me, and I got to be free. So before I get into the subject matter for this episode, let me remind you that you can help me continue to make a difference, continue to let our voices be heard, right? By liking, sharing, and subscribing. The subscriptions and the follows are uber important. I I was looking at uh, the Podbean, which I'm still with them, but I actually have more downloads, which doesn't even seem to make sense, than somebody else that's fairly well known, but that person has apparently 12,000 follows. So I'm not quite sure how you get at 12,000 follows, but I can have more downloads when we've got a similar amount of episodes. Seems very strange. But that being said, no slights thrown at that person because clearly they're doing something well. And I would just like to do 10% of what that person's doing. But we're working on it. We're doing it. And your help matters. And if you're feeling particularly froggy or inspired, do me a favor. Go rate and review this program. And again, let me reiterate, I am fully aware that if I were to spend my half hour a day talking about all the local, or I'm sorry, talking about all the national issues, right? The, the world events, I could probably double my followers overnight. I could, I could probably add 50% more downloads per episode. I, I realize this. But then the value that I'm trying to bring to my local area would be lost. If you spend all your time talking about what goes on in D.C., what goes on in the Middle East, what goes on in Europe, fretting about China's latest whatever, you're just like everybody else. You're not offering anything different, anything new. And look, I've got various things that I read and do, and they're not necessarily general interest. So I I try and stay on that and I'm actually foregoing the uh, book review that I would be doing or recap, if you will, normally on a Thursday, because in case you don't know this, you know, (laughs) there's turmoil. There's always turmoil. But yes, my my very lovely Republican Party of Cowling County is in the midst of a turnover. And while this is going on, apparently there was a bit of a crisis or a kerfuffle at the uh, statewide level. So again, let me remind you, this show is always about my opinion. That's why it's titled According to Callus. It's based upon the information that I get, the information that I know, and the facts on the ground as I understand them. That does mean on occasion I get things wrong or I don't know the full picture. I do my best to check out multiple sources and talk to multiple people before hazarding the guess or pontificating, if you will, But the fact of the matter is, is just because I'm 
think something now doesn't mean that I can't find out something that changes that or alters the way I view it. And six months from now or six weeks from now or six hours from now, I don't consider, well, maybe I made a mistake there. So I reserve the right to be wrong. I try and do it rarely. I don't know if I'll ever achieve the 99.8% or whatever it is Mr. Limbaugh used to have, but I'll settle for most of the time I get it right. So that's my goal to be right most of the time. I don't make uh, prog- <laughs> prognostications, right? I, I don't make guesses on what's going to happen tomorrow unless I'm fairly certain. I don't protect or pretend to know what the outcome of uh, votes are going to be or what the <clears throat> official tallies of elections are because, quite frankly, they have the same problem that all the news has. So before before I get into that, I, w- I want to say one last thing related to this. This is not an original thought, and I have stated this before, but there is one thing that I am certain of, and you should keep in mind, whatever the official story is, whether it's coming from media or for government, it's almost always wrong. They may have some truth. They may put multiple truths or grains of truth in there, but the story and the way they're selling it is almost always wrong. In fact, I would just go say it is always wrong because they're spinning it or selling it or manipulating it to get an outcome that they want. Very rarely is the truth found ever, the whole truth, in the media or government pronouncements. Sadly, that isn't limited to even just the United States. It's it's becoming clear to me that Europe, the Middle East, all those major media outlets, and quite frankly, the governments, they're all liars all the time. And if you didn't already know that, uh, this is not a shock to me. It is not a surprise. But I had, at some point, held out hope that someone somewhere out there was telling Someone somewhere out there was telling us the truth or at least enough of the truth that we could have a general idea of what's actually going on. So much like you see something happened in Gaza Strip, you should pretty much immediately dismiss it as not being the truth. You see something that happened in Ukraine, you should pretty much immediately dismiss it as not being the truth. You see something that happened in D.C., you should pretty much dismiss it as not being the truth. If you see anything that's got Biden, Fetterman, or quite frankly, pretty much any of those swamp creatures on it, you should almost immediately dismiss it as it not being the truth. And I don't care if they've got an R or a D after their name, once they've entered in Washington, D.C., they're almost entirely compromised. Does that mean that there couldn't be some instances where some truth comes out at some time? Yes, that's entirely possible, but you should automatically assume that you're being sold a false bill of goods. You should automatically dismiss what you've been told is it that is not the truth. You should just know that in your heart all the time whenever dealing with any of these things. Which is again not to say that there can't sometimes by accident be something truthful being told to you or that somebody doesn't actually get something right on rare occasion. Yes, but you should immediately question it. Now what's very interesting to me is conservatives Christians have largely understood this for decades, but they immediately 
dismiss that same logic when dealing with government when it comes to the military. Or I guess a few years ago, we could have seen the same from out of the health system branch of the government. If government's running it and government's giving the talking points, you should just naturally assume they're selling you something. They're lying. Now, they they may give you some of the truth. They may give you part of the truth. They I realize it's not exactly the same thing, right? But you should always assume there's a goal. And that goal is almost always about getting more control over you. Okay, so now that I've put in this giant... Uh, intro section. Let let's move to the topics at hand. Unforced errors. I gotta say, I've always been a strong proponent that incumbents need to be challenged, even if it's just on principle that somebody's unhappy. If you've got an incumbent that will go with 70% or less, they should be on principle challenged. If you've got an incumbent that's solid, that's good, and the general idea is, yeah, you know, he's been following. And again, I'm going to preface this as we're going off of the Republican Party platform or principles, right? I mean, obviously, it's different if you're in a different uh, party. I get it. But as a Republican, if they meet a minimum threshold, why waste the time and energy going after them? Is I mean, you have every right to, and I wouldn't necessarily tell you you're wrong. I might dissuade you that you could better spend your time and efforts elsewhere. But if somebody doesn't meet that threshold, then they're absolutely open to a challenge. Now, in my mind, there's two or three different versions of a challenge. There's a legitimate candidate that has legitimate money and name recognition to where it's a chance that you beat this person. Whoever the incumbent is, there's a legitimate chance you're going to beat them. Then there's the pylon method where you have a couple of candidates that maybe are kind of legitimate, but by themselves probably can't pull it off. But you run two of them and you run a few more people and you just go pile on the incumbent. And I mean... That's a way that works. They did get out Van Taylor. Of course, uh, <laughs> stepping outside your marriage with an ISIS bride might have had more to do with it than anybody else. But be that as it may, it does work. And then, of course, there is the third way this happens, that somebody gets a burr under their saddle and they just run on principle. Yeah, I don't necessarily hate this person but they're not towing the line or they screwed up and we're just, I'm running because I want to run. I know I can't win or I'm not running to win. I'm just running to prove a point and I'm running to call this person out. I'm running to hold them accountable. I guess all three have their value. All three have a purpose. Then there's the idea of a vengeance run. There's any number of ways this may occur. This is where we're drifting into the unforced error world, in my opinion. I've been clear. There are several incumbents I'm not happy about. There are people, they're doing our work, 
probably shouldn't go and attack them when we should be focusing on the people that are directly undermining Texas on a daily basis as opposed to the people that do it part-time and all the while sell us a fake, fake story about how they're good conservatives, good Christians, and therefore the ideal Republicans. I get that. But some of it is if you're going to run somebody against them, you want that somebody to be inspiring. You want that somebody to bring something that the other person doesn't have. You want that person to be a true alternative. Now, if you want to do the pile on, great. Run your true alternative and two or three other people, encourage them to get in the race to sap the strength of the incumbent. I get it. That's a great strategy when it works. More of it. Let's do it. But what I don't understand is when you recruit or you find somebody or you encourage somebody that has zero chance. Why? Why would you do that? You're you're only damaging that person. And potentially if you're backing that or working with it, you're damaging yourself as well. But again, just my opinion. What do I know? I've been in one race and I lost it. Um, And I haven't forgotten. But that's kind of the takeaway that I'm trying to bring to this. Don't sacrifice yourself unless you're willing to make it sacrifice over principle. But make sure that principle is worth sacrificing over. So it's, it's very frustrating to me to see this stuff play out. And that's where it drifts into this unforced error. Why run somebody that's either not ready not the right fit, or can't possibly win without a good principled reason, it seems to be a waste. It seems to be an unforced error. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that there isn't some value that can be derived out of that. Unfortunately, it's almost always negative value in my opinion. And look, I was or am a precinct chair for about 10 years now. I've been a political junkie for my entire adult life and a good amount of my teenage years. I like this stuff. I invest my time into this stuff. I got to be honest, it's frustrating and disappointing for me as much or more than for the general public just to watch this stuff play out. While we're on the topic of unforced errors, not sure, not sure, And I want to be clear, there is no attack or animosity meant by this, but I'm at a loss as to why you would be an elected official in one area and then you would throw your hat into a ring for a second office. Now, even if you're the best at the first office that you have, why would you go and run for a second office without first giving up that first office? Unless you intend on leaving that first office after you win the second office, in which case, okay, that's the way a lot of people do it. I get it. That's that's the incumbent's racket. I get it. I don't think it's what's best for we the people, but I get it. So I am. I again, I really see this as an unforced error. Do you really think that one person can run and hold two different offices at the same time? That's like asking somebody to be the COO of one company when they're already the CEO of another company. That's like asking somebody to split time running one operation and running another operation. It's kind of a conflict. It's kind of a problem. It, it, 
And it doesn't mean that the person's bad. It doesn't mean that the, the person's not capable. It just means that pick one, pick one. We have the same issue, right? If you're if you're a precinct chair, in theory, you're not supposed to be an elected official as well. That we turn a blind eye to that because there are non nonpartisan races that people do run and win, and they still stick around as a precinct chair. Eh, okay, fine. I get it. Then we've got other people that are elected officials that have family members that are precinct chairs. Okay, fine. I get it. I'm I'm not I'm not excited about that. But I I get it. And really and truly, when you look at the general population, the vast majority of them really want nothing to do with the politics. They want nothing to do with the organization. They, They want to just be able to live their lives in peace and enjoyment. And if you leave government untethered, right, if you if you don't tie it down and prevent it from overreaching and stretching everybody's lives, you're not going to be able to live your life peacefully and free from entanglement. So that's why some of us have to do it. We have to get involved. We, we, I, again, to, <laughs> to borrow the phrase, we're doing our best to save the Republic. Now it may be irredeemable. It may be unsavable. I don't choose to believe that, but I accept that's a possibility, but I'm asking how many fingers do you need to have in a pot before you're overreaching, before you're doing too much? before you've overstayed your welcome, if you will. And again, yes, there is a direct correlation to this. But again, I want to be clear. I'm not attacking the individuals or individual behind what's going on. I get it. But I want an, I want a clear statement of, I'm going to go do this job and give up this job, or I'm going to do this job and try and do this job at the same time so that the people that are going to be making the decision can determine which is really the best outcome. Because otherwise I, I see it as a good opportunity for yet another unforced error. There, there's a possibility that you could make a sale that candidate A is better than candidate B and candidate A really can do both jobs. I doubt it. But it's plausible. But if candidate B is significantly capable of doing the job, why would you push candidate B out of the way so that candidate A can have two jobs? We we all fret about the the control of a few and the overarching power of a few. This should be concerning. If you say you respect the Republic, you say you respect representation. You ought to be a little concerned when one person thinks that they ought to be able to represent multiple things. For my own life, personally, I'm in leadership of a club. I've been opportunity, or <laughs> I've been offered other opportunities. I've taken some, I've declined others. I generally don't spend much time in the other clubs. I have my own thing that I'm doing. We're trying to retool and come up with a way forward because God knows we've got enough clubs and groups in Collin County right now. We're stepping on each other's toes. We need to find a way to work together and to facilitate winning elections as opposed to fighting for turf and territories. Talking about an unforced error. Hey, but I know we're just going to create another group this week because somebody hurt my feelings over there last week. Really? Yeah, that, that. Again, talk about an unforced error. There it is. 
Now, look, I know certain people don't get along. Certain people have personality things. I, I get all of that. But if we're on the same team, we need to stay on the same team. If we're on the same team, we need to quit bat biking or back biting and shooting at our people that are on our team. We need to quit undermining and working against people that are on our team. Yet, the vast majority of the time, that's what I see. And I realize I'm walking the fine line here because I could very well be guilty of that in this episode. But I've had enough. I really have. Well, I this person hurt my feelings or I'm disappointed in this personal statement they made or I don't agree with this one specific thing they want to do. So we have to tank them. We have to destroy them. Death to anybody that disagrees with us. Yeah, that's a really good method that helps us get things done. That helps us win races too, buddy. Again, unforced errors. What are we thinking? You know, I've referenced the idea of a circular firing squad multiple times in previous episodes. That's willful in many cases. These are just foolish things that people don't pay attention to. They don't see it. It's unforced. We, we just stumble into it and make the same mistakes because nobody was paying attention and they didn't listen to the people that were warning them. Okay, last thing. And I guess I want to be honest. I don't know enough about this. And quite frankly, I don't really care enough about it. But it's apparently really got some people's panties in a wad, so to speak. So apparently there was this bad guy who was right of center that went and visited somebody else that's a good guy that was right of center. And apparently the a big time leader was there as well. And they all had a powwow. We don't know what about. We don't know what they discussed. We, we don't know anything other than a meeting occurred and it lasted a long time. So. The solution clearly is to clutch our pearls and scream and call them names and try and run them off. Clearly, they're terrible and they're not worthy of us having anything to do with them. Okay. Need I remind you that diplomacy requires that you deal with bad people? Need I remind you that when you're in a war, sometimes you have to temporarily ally yourself with people that you don't particularly like? And I don't know what the circumstances are here. And quite frankly, I don't care. Nixon went and met with Mao. Roosevelt went and met with Stalin. Now, maybe you could say those two had more in common than not. But we have a track record of meeting with our enemies and talking to people and trying to come out with a peaceful solution. And again, if you don't know what happened, rather than clutching your pearls and running your mouth... Shut up. The Republican Party is doing its annual ritual of purging. And it's shameful and disappointing. Now, look, I understand the optics don't look good. I understand, yeah, probably wasn't the wise choice. And again, I don't know enough about the details and I don't care. I know two of the three individuals that were in this meeting, allegedly, and I know one well enough that I trust him, and I think he's got good judgment. The other guy I know well enough to say I think very highly of him. The third person, who is apparently the evil one that we all need to cast aside and dismiss, I don't know him from. I don't know. I, I don't know him from Joe Biden. 
which is to say he could be the embodiment of all that is evil in the world, or he might just be a terribly misunderstood guy. Don't know, don't care. Not defending him, not my thing. Now, if somebody would have asked me, they they won't, they wouldn't. I might have said, hey guys, uh, maybe not a good idea to meet at your office for an extended period of time, if for no other reason, purely optics. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Again, don't care. Probably not a good idea. Just especially because there's 10% of our party that specializes at clutching their pearls and calling other people out for, oh, I don't know, crossing some line in the sand. Now, granted, we can't get them to do anything about our governor that abuses and oversteps his authority and power. We can't get those same people to do anything to hold our state reps that refuse to do the job we sent them there to do accountable. But no, no, they're going to lose their stuff because you talk to somebody that they don't like. And they're going to call for your head on a platter. You can't get them to hold the, the people that need to be held accountable, accountable. But you, you are the problem because you met with somebody that they don't approve of. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I'm here to tell you. I live in HD 61. My state representative. Again, my state representative is Frederick Frazier. I know the majority of the people in the grassroots are very much bent out of shape and disappointed with him. I get it. Is the guy perfect? No, he's never claimed to be perfect. But I will tell you, honestly, he's a nice guy. I talk to him. He talks to me. Does he listen to what I say? Maybe, hopefully, possibly. Does he take my advice? Nah, probably not. Does he really care what I think or any of the grassroots thinks at this point? I don't know. Evidence would suggest that he doesn't. But you know what? I'm not going to hate the guy. I'm not going to treat him like trash. And I am going to talk to him. And I am going to meet with him if he invites me to go somewhere and talk about whatever. Because for one reason alone, he is my state rep. But beyond that, he's still somebody that is worth having a conversation with. And you know what? I don't, I don't feel bad about that in the least. Now, does that mean that I couldn't or wouldn't support a potential opponent at some point in the future? No, that doesn't mean that at all. If somebody better, truly better comes along, okay, great. Does that mean that I'm going to cast lot and support the first person? <laughs> no. That, that's kind of what I was referencing as the first unforced error. That being said, you got to be real and you got to be honest. If I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I do it, even when it hurts. And I stand by that 24-7. If I say I'm going to support something, I do it. Doesn't mean there's no take backs. Doesn't mean that I can't change my mind. It just means that when I give my word, I keep it. I would expect at this point we're all adults and we know that elected officials excel at playing word games. They excel on telling you what you want to hear so that you might support them on their next thing. Okay. Are they lying or are you just hearing what you want to hear? Maybe both. Don't know. I wasn't in that conversation. 
But I'll tell you what. And in a much smaller scale, we have an executive committee in Collin County. We have between 120 and 150 people that show up at meetings. And we watched as a half a dozen people derail multiple meetings and quite frankly, disallow us to get our work done and we tolerate it and we put up with it. But God forbid somebody does something down in Austin that you don't like and you want their head on a platter. But we continue to tolerate this. We're supposed to be on the same team. We're supposed to have similar goals. We're supposed to want to get things done. We're supposed to want to support our candidates. We're supposed to want to, I don't know, get rid of Democrats first and foremost. And, you know, actually we need to deal with some of the quote unquote rhinos or people that are actually Democrats, but run as Republicans. I'll grant you that, but you can't do that if you spend all your time beating up people and fighting with people that are different by a couple of degrees. You you can't spend all your time destroying the only thing that gives you an opportunity and a platform to fight back because somebody's off by a couple of degrees. But that this is an unforced error. There are, and this is my opinion, strictly my opinion here, but there are a certain number of people that apparently are so hung up off of a loss in a congressional race that they want to destroy the entirety party in the process of trying to take it over. For what? For what? We already have four or five state reps that think the Collin County Republican Party is irrelevant. So do we want to prove them right? Is that what our goal is? We already have multiple mayors in this county that have basically written off the Collin County Republican Party as being counterproductive, divisive, and not helpful. Do we want to prove them right? That's really the question. Do you want to prove them right? Do you want to continue to take away the last vestiges of any kind of influence that we have left just so you can have your way? Do you think that's a proper way forward? Talk about the king of all unforced errors. And to be clear, I don't know what everybody's motivation is. I'm not going to project that on them. I'm just telling you what I see happening. I would like to be proven wrong. I would like for somebody to come alongside of me and say, you know, Stephen, that's not really what we want to do here. This is our problem. Or this is what we see. And my natural instinct would be is, well, what do we need to do to make this work? Let's negotiate a settlement, a ceasefire, if you will. And let's focus on what the real problem is. We have a Democrat in HD 70. We've got a guy that is quite frankly, let us down for multiple sessions in HD 67. You want to deal with those two things first and foremost? I'm all in. Let's do it. Well, we're at it. Talk about being let down. HD 89, major letdown. But you know what? She's still a nice lady. And I I don't hate the guy in 67, but I'll be clear. They're probably going to win their primary. And it pains me to say that we've got two good candidates to run against them, but they're going to need a ton of work and a ton of money in order to fight that good fight. But again, if you're too busy fighting, you're too busy arguing about percentages of difference, those guys are never, ever going to win. Now, what do you want? Do you want to deal with HD 70? Do you want to get better conservatives to win those seats? Well, then you got to call that ceasefire and move on. 
It's not going to make a hill of beans difference if you take over the party and destroy it in the process. It's not going to make a hill of beans difference if you create enough division in the party that it ceases to have any function whatsoever other than to meet once a month and beat each other up over Robert's rules. And again, I'm tired of this. It's ridiculous. We need to grow up, act like adults, negotiate things in good faith, hold and keep our words, and work together. The Democrats have figured this out. They can do it. And they're dealing with all sorts of crazy stuff, and they can make it work. If we can't figure this out, if we don't get our act together, it's game over. Now, maybe there's there's a possibility. Maybe that's what some of these people want. I don't know that. I hope I'm wrong, but it's entirely a possibility that they actually want to destroy the Republican Party. They actually want to put an end to it. Now, I actually do have a friend who is not a Republican who would probably be quite happy with that because that would only benefit him. And I get it. And I, and I have friends that are libertarians that would probably relish that thought. I get it. I do. I'm going to respectfully disagree with you here. This is a really bad idea. I'd rather have you all on our team because we have a good chance to keep winning and keep the crazies out of. But when we can't even, <laughs> we can't even come to agreement in our own party in Collin County where we're pretty much all of like mind, how in the world are we going to win the big picture? How in the world are we going to make this work? And this is basically all going to come to a culmination here in a couple of days. And Saturday, we're going to have a meeting and we're going to basically determine what is the direction we want to go with the Collin County Republican Party. It's only going to be left to the precinct chairs. If you know a precinct chair, Call them. Tell them what you think. You may or may not change their mind. I don't know. I'm going to be calling some people. I'm going to hope for good answers of why they want to do A or B. I know where I stand. I know what I think is what's best. It's okay. We can agree to disagree, but we have to agree on the larger picture. We have to agree on the end goals. If we can't even do that, then clearly one of us has to leave the party. I got news. It's not going to be me. (laughs) And with that, now that I've (laughs) bent your ear for well over 30 minutes, this was not a fast episode like I thought. That's the end of the unforced errors. (sighs) I'll be back tomorrow or Friday. I'll be back Friday and uh, we'll wrap up the week and hopefully end on a positive note. Until then, I will see you on the other side.